the old Pre-Meds podcast, session number 232. You're a non-traditional student entering the medical field on your terms. You may have had some hiccups along the way, but now you're ready to change course and go back and serve others as a physician. This podcast is here to help answer your questions and help educate you on your non-traditional journey to becoming a physician. Welcome to the Old Pre-Meds Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray. Thank you so much for taking some time to join me today. I hope that I'm here helping guide you on your journey. If you find this podcast helpful, do you know what you're going to find even more helpful? Mapped. MAPPD.com is the new technology platform that I'm building with my partner, Rachel Grubbs, who has almost 20 years experience in the test preparation pre-med world. And together we are building a platform that will hopefully change, we think will change the pre-med landscape, especially for non-traditional students. This is not an application tool. This is not a tracking tool. This is a guide to help guide you on your journey to medical school. So go check out Mapped. It's available for pre-order now at MAPPD. Com. If you're listening to this now in June, beginning of June, we're hoping for a, what we're saying, a fall 2020 release. Things are running smooth as of right now, but you never know with technology and computer programs and all of that fun stuff. So again, mapped, M-A-P-P-D.com. Go sign up for a pre-order now. It'll be the cheapest that'll likely ever be right now as you're listening to this. Again, mapped, M-A-P-P-D. Com. All right, today I have a great question about letters of recommendations and taking classes just for a letter of recommendation. If you are looking to have a question answered here on the podcast, go to premedforms.com, go to the non-traditional pre-med discussion and ask your question there. Our student today, username Lauren1919, says, Hello, I'm new to the forum, so hopefully this question hasn't been asked before. I graduated in 2017, took some time off, and am now preparing to apply to the 2021 cycle. I've kept in touch with one science professor, but I don't feel like I have a strong enough relationship with any other science or non-science professors. I do, however, have great letters from the managers where I worked, the last two years, but I know different schools have different requirements for LORs. My science GPA by year was 3234373888 with a cumulative science GPA of 358. Overall trend was 35363839. Great job. Cumulative 372 overall GPA. Although I'm not super concerned about my grades thanks to the upward trend, should I consider taking postback classes? to give my GPA a little boost and make more recent relationships with professors who could me who could write me a more personal letter of rec. Also, if the classes I'm taking are not prereqs, is it okay to take them at a community college? Thank you so much. I love the podcast. Well, thank you. All right, so great question. A lot of non-traditional students are stuck in this world, whether you planned on taking gap years or you didn't tan them, didn't plan on taking gap years or your uh, super non-trad career changing coming in after being out for many years. 
the general rule of thumb after talking to lots of students and lots of deans and directors of admissions is that there seems to be this five-year window. Five years, if you've been out of school more than five years, a lot of schools will potentially give you a pass on their LOR requirements. That's kind of a rule of thumb that I've heard. Now, it's not that strong of a rule of thumb that I would say that is the rule. Like the whole, like, don't include high school activities on your application kind of rule. It's just something that I've heard and something that I tell students to use as a judge. And if it's less than five years, I typically tell them you're going to need whatever those required LORs are. The easiest thing to do that isn't the easiest, but really the most straightforward thing to do is go directly to the medical schools and say, hey, here's who I am. I've been out of school these number of years. Uh, I don't have relationships with my professors anymore. There is actually one professor, but I have great relationships with my volunteer supervisor, with my work supervisor. Can I exchange or replace the required science letter, the non-science letter with a letter from my work supervisor, with my volunteer supervisor, and see what the school says. Now, I talked about MAPT at the beginning, and this is the kind of data that that I'm hoping MAPT has so that when you are going through this process and you have your grades in and you have your activities in, and we can see that that you've marked a specific professor as a potential letter of recommendation, and we can see the schools that you're applying to, and we can see and know based on the data to go, you know what, this school that you have marked as a school that you want to apply to, we know that they are pretty lenient with their letters of recommendations, and here's what they have told us. That's the kind of amazing data that we are building into, hopefully, at some point in MAPT. Now, when MAPT comes out, it won't have all of that data. It's going to take a while to build up all of that data, but that's the kind of stuff that you can look forward to with MAPT. So to get back to this question, that's exactly the, the question that you can ask a school to sit, to just lay out your story briefly and say, can I potentially replace some of these required letters? If they say no, then you either can't apply to that school or you go back to school to get those letters of recommendations that they require. The other option, potentially, if there was a relationship, was a relationship that just hasn't been continued, maybe you continue it, right? You reach back out to that professor and say, hey, Dr. Smith, I hope you're doing well. I hope your kids are great. I I know it's been a while since I reached out, but I I wanted to reach back out and say hello. And uh, obviously, there's a reason why I'm reaching out. I'm applying to medical school really soon, and I would love a letter of recommendation from you. Here's what I've been up to. Is there anything else that maybe you would want to know, or can we chat about what I've been up to? to be able to get a strong letter of recommendation from you. Now, you can rekindle those relationships as well. Not perfect, but maybe better than spending money to take a class. So really, at the end of the day, it all depends on the school, which is unfortunate because there are a lot of medical schools in this country. And if you apply to the average of 15, 16, 17, whatever those schools are, depending on the application service, then that's a lot of schools that you're going to have to reach out to. That's a lot of emails that the schools are responding to and phone calls that the schools are responding to, which is why hopefully with MAPS, they'll be friendly to us and give us that information so they don't have to continue to ask those questions. But anyway, so really ask the schools 
I would I would go ahead and ask your supervisors just in case the school say, yep, that's fine. That way you can be ready with those letters of recommendations. Now, in terms of taking prereqs or non-prereqs at community college, with that GPA, there typically won't be any issue taking any classes, prereqs or not, at community college. Where community college potentially comes into play is if you really struggled in undergrad and now you go back to community college and you do well, there's going to be a question. The question is, did you escape to community college because you thought you were going to do better? And guess what? You did do better. Therefore, you're proving our point that community college is easier. Or... Did you not do well in four-year university because you had other life things going on and, and that's all fixed now and you fixed your study habits and now you're succeeding because you're a better student at community college with the same level of difficulty as, as the classes at the university are? That's the dilemma that medical schools are in is how do I know why exactly you're taking classes at community college? And so be ready if you do well at community college, if you've proven yourself academically, be ready to answer that question. Why did you take these classes at community college? Just be ready with that in your interview trail as you go through that process. I had on the pre-med years podcast, I did talk to a student who did the majority, if not all, I believe all of his prereq classes at community college because he worked full-time. He was a non-traditional student and that's just what fit with his schedule as a working father. And so he had plenty of interviews and multiple acceptances, but at almost every interview, he had to answer that question of why did you go to community college? Now, if you're interested in that episode, go to premedyears.com slash 330. That's the conversation that I had with David about his journey to medical school after community college as his post back. So hopefully that helped answer your questions. Again, if you have a question you want answered here on the podcast, go to premedforms.com and go to the non-traditional premed discussion and ask your question there. Don't forget to check out Mapped. Uh, they're going to likely be our forever sponsor here on the old premeds podcast. That's mappd.com where we have so many amazing, amazing ideas for the platform. It's being built as we're recording this right now. We announced it on National Premed Day a few weeks ago with uh, rave reviews from students, just amazing response from students. 600 people have already signed up uh, for pre-orders of Mapped. Again, that's mappd.com. That E costs too much money, so mappd.com. Have a great week. I hope you're safe. Know that I'm with you. Black lives do matter. And I'll talk to you next time here on the Old Pre-Meds Podcast. This is MedEd Media.